Welcome to Life to the Full, a message to Christians. This is a podcast about the abundant life that God promises in Scripture. We want to inspire those who are frustrated with themselves and their communities to live a transformed life that will impact the world. Our primary purpose is to be a platform that will impact the world through conversation. We want to invite others to connect and unite in curiosity, vulnerability, and responsibility. A transformed life is about growth, learning, and evolving. A transformed life leads to transformed communities, and transformed communities impact the world. One conversation at a time. Welcome to Life to the Full, a message to Christian. This is Patty Zito and Tarzan. AKA Jimmy Zito, or as most of you know, as the Zitos. What, 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 what? Zitos in the his house. If you're joining us for the first time, welcome to Life to Full uh, community. Today, in episode 32, we are wrapping up our series of Entering into Life. That's all part of our Facing a Responsibility. And also, Jimmy, this is our last episode of 2020. No way. <laughs> totally. Wow, 2020 has been a good year for us. It was our motivation in the pandemic of uh, being stuck at home and saying, you know what? You have time. I have time. We're home. So I choose to have a great 2020. <laughs> you I know, get to have a great 2020. And, and for those who this is your first time, you know, the the goal is because we were frustrated. Well, we're, we're transitioning from our frustration. Uh, I'm probably um, still a little frustrated. You, you probably a little bit more. Yeah, a little, a little than more me. than you. I, think. I will say by a lot, actually. You, as per usual, you're like a little bit in a healthier position emotionally <laughs> than I am. I am working through it. Well, th- this is why we're doing this podcast. Yeah. Uh, we want to inspire those that in order for us to have transformed communities, churches, for those, obviously, these, this is a message for Christians, right? Yep. If you want a thriving church, a thriving ministry, it's got to start with a thriving you. It's yep. got to start with you, and it's um, certainly not an easy thing to do. Um, con- being constantly reminded, or or rather, this whole process from this podcast, to me personally, has been a big accountability on what I say in this mic, in this room between you and I, and how it uh, looks like in real life. We need to record a video. Yeah, I we mentioned that in the last episode. Yeah, so I feel like I'm better on video. I can like see myself. I guess yeah. I need that instant feedback. Like, wow, 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 wow. You do need instant feedback. Yeah, um, we're gonna require a team if you want uh, YouTube editing as well. Not that we're having a couples counseling right now. No, 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 no. As we do this, but we totally are. Yeah, moving into 2021, uh, definitely. Looking to rearrange my schedule to do more of the podcast. Mm-hmm. I feel like the podcast has been having an impact um, without even really doing much marketing for it. Like it's kind of just word of mouth marketing. And so I'm looking forward to you know, building more of an audience in 2021 and uh, getting a conversation to more people because that's what's really important. It's true. 
It's true. Okay. So what do we have in store for our episode 32, the last episode in the series of Entering Into Life? Yeah, so Entering Into Life, this is in our Facing Our Responsibility series. And we're transitioning into... Embracing your journey. Embracing our journey, which I'm excited for. Um, you know, that, that should be a fun one. Can't wait to get some planning going for that one. I know we have a list of topics that we kind of generated when we began this podcast, but I can't wait to see those things turn into reality. That's, you know, that's part of the process in brainstorming. We we talked about a lot of episodes and maybe out of the whole pool um, we connected a few. Yeah, we've only used a handful of that initial list. Yeah, and then you went on into deeper subjects, and I'm glad that we ended in the whole heaven and earth, that being at the center, or just that being the the game changer uh, for how we view life, mm. you know, and um, and how to start the process of learning how to navigate through it through the lenses of heaven and earth which is right now which is your contribution now and who you are and who god made you to be versus heaven and hell which is your ticket to heaven or avoidance to hell and that keeps you in the future or stuck in the past rather than right here right now in your current contribution based on your unique god-given strength yeah. Wow. That was good. That was a good summary. Can you say that five times fast? <laughs> no. Can you say it for our Spanish listeners? Yeah, we talked about that too. We should have a podcast all in Spanish. Just no, day. we actually said that we should have the podcast in Spanish or a book uh, read to us in Spanish. Oh, I don't remember that at all. Yeah, I'm going to go back to the episode. If if you're a good note taker and uh, you like this podcast, we are looking for yep. a team um, to look at the transcripts, to really review show notes, we need help the with show, show notes, notes uh, to really um, make this accessible for people. You know, there are certain topics or certain words that we want to be more intentional in our marketing because marketing is not like, okay, we're going to put it out there. And I'm going to pray that someone's going to find me. That's actually selfish. Mm. And I've been there in that game for long. <laughs> I would say since I opened Why Superstars, you know, I fell in the, I fell in the myth of if you build it, they will come. Yeah. No, no one's coming. No one's, no coming. one's coming. <laughs> Kevin Costner's so. not coming. <laughs> Some old baseball players aren't coming. Nobody coming. Uh, uh, yeah, and it, it, it's going to be an intention of how we present yeah. uh, this work and this this um, this process that we're both in. Yeah. Well, you, I will say, ahead of me because I, I want to say one of your strengths, one of your God-given potentials is the way you... Um, you can explain the Bible and teach about the Bible. Yeah, well, thank you. We shall see. We shall <laughs> so what see. do we have for today? Um, so today, to close out our um, season of facing our responsibility, I figured we we would look at a scripture 
one last scripture in this series that I think is is easily misunderstood and turned into something that it's not. Okay. Uh, So let's... It's in all three of the Synoptic Gospels. So we're just going to read one of them. Um, But I do think, you know, the danger in modern Christianity is that on one hand, we, we can feel like we're all about the Bible. We can feel like we're all about reading our scriptures and applying it to our lives. But in other ways, bigger ways, ways that probably matter a little bit more, we don't necessarily take the Bible as seriously as we should. You know, if it's if it's not easy or it's not easily apparent or if it's not what I've always been told or let me I just know what this means somehow because it's speaking to me. Hmm. You know, I think we easily miss most of the point okay. of the story. So let's do one of those now. Let's go to I'll just pick one. We'll go to Matthew 19. Okay. Matthew 19. Mean and lean. It's part of the dream. Introducing. If you want James to rhyme in this podcast, find us at our Instagram page at Y Superstars. Nobody, nobody want that. <laughs> nobody want that from time to time, even though I not I rhyme. It's so sublime. Here I come now. Turning the pages. Let's see what we do. Patty looking at me like she ain't got no clue. All right. I'm Matthew ex- 19. Matt, I'm, I'm very excited we have a friend coming who's looking to uh, go to a Wu-Tang, some <laughs> Wu-Tang Clan landmarks, because us from Staten Island, even white boys from the South Shore, we feel like, you know, like, Wu-Tang is, is our band. Yeah. Yeah. Totally is. All right. So, Matthew 19, uh, I'll read it, and then maybe... What verse? Verse 16. Okay. And then maybe we can talk about like how we've heard this scripture, you know, used before, how we've used it, you know, we'll have that fun discussion. Now, a man came up to Jesus and asked, teacher, what good thing must I do to get eternal life? Why do you ask me about what is good? Jesus replied, there's only one who is good. If you want to enter life, obey the commandments. Which ones? The man inquired. Jesus replied, do not murder, do not commit adultery, do not steal, do not give full testimony, honor your father and mother, and love your neighbor as yourself. All these I have kept, the young man said, what do I still lack? Jesus answered, if you want to be perfect, go and sell your possessions and give to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven. Then come, follow me. When the young man heard this, he went away sad, because he had great wealth. Then Jesus said to his disciples, I'll tell you the truth. It is hard for a rich man to enter the kingdom of heaven. Again, I tell you, it is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich man to enter the kingdom of God. When the disciples heard this, they were greatly astonished and asked, who then can be saved? Jesus looked at them and said, with man, this is impossible, but with God, all things are possible. Peter answered him, we have left everything to follow you. What then will there be for us? Jesus said to them, I tell you the truth, at the renewal of all things, when the Son of Man sits on his glorious throne, you who have followed me will also sit on twelve thrones, judging the twelve tribes of Israel. And everyone who has left houses, or brothers, or sisters, or fathers, or mothers, or children, or fields, for my sake, will receive a hundred times as much and will inherit eternal life. But many who are first will be last, and many who are last will be first. 
So what, what's some of the ways you've used and you've heard that scripture used before in the past? I, I know I've heard, I know I've heard and actually we have a friend in common who um, walked away sad actually um, most of his discipleship thinking that there's something wrong with him with his um not a not just ambition but with the way he looks at money mm-hmm. and um, I still remember him sharing that when he made that realization that, oh, you know, money is not evil. Um, So I will say that this scripture has been used in contribution. It has been used uh, for people like me and this friend of ours who are ambitious, who um, do want our businesses to to strive who won wealth Mm. and uh so that yeah i believe this has been used for people who want to advance in their careers um the yeah i I would say that it has been used for all these things to to point out honestly we do a lot of pointing things out. And then this is why I fight so much about this podcast not being that, not, not following the same trend that um, ICOC and yeah. many other Christian evangel- evangelical churches do. Um, right. So I will say that's how I've seen it used in the past. I've personally also seen it this way. Um, where I walked away the same way he did mm. in a sense of like maybe God doesn't want to honor my ambitious goals on especially when it comes to my wealth and that other things are more important yeah yeah and I think the reason I bring this up too is because you know in closing out our, our season of facing our responsibility I think we do have uh, a very real responsibility as Christians to take the Bible seriously mm-hmm. and understand that, you know, this is c- complicated stuff. Like sometimes what we see on a surface level isn't necessarily what's trying to be conveyed. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, on the other other hand, too, it's like when we pick things out of context for like like a moral point of view, right, or we're looking mm-hmm. for the lesson, sometimes we miss the bigger thing i would not say sometimes i would say we miss it all the time we miss the mark can we say mostly mm. is that too soft talk it's not that it's soft talk it's that we're seeing that in our lives and we're seeing that in our friends lives i don't take this lightly gotcha yeah and and, and to your other point too i think um because if can i just i'm sorry to sure. interrupt you but but if we are completely missing heaven and earth and we're stuck on heaven and hell, we are looking at all the scriptures wrong. Right. It's Isn't like, what that... else could we be missing? Well, I I don't know. I don't know if I'm being black and white myself here. Maybe. Um, it's, it's um, you know, it's like you're, you're putting a certain kind of glasses as you read the scriptures. Right. And so if you are putting the wrong glasses that are not your prescription or they're not right. And uh, what do you mean sometimes? Aren't you missing the point? Yeah. 
No, absolutely. I mean, I think one of the glasses you could be wearing is, and I think this is popular in American Christianity, I'm not so much sure about the rest of the world, but that rich people are somehow morally defunct or evil. What's that? Like evil. Like oh, they don't have... Yes, yes, yes. I grew up thinking that. Yeah, they're not moral people. Like mm-hmm. they're greedy. That's why they have so much money. Right. Um, oh, in Spanish, ooh, tienen plata. What, ooh, what does that mean? What does that even mean? Well, that means, oh, they have money. But don't oh. we all have money in our wallets? Can you say wallets? it again? <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> just one more time. Just for me. But this is for Peruvians because, there, you know, there are many other countries that don't, we don't use the same word. Right. So in Peru, plata means money. Oh, okay. And, and other other countries is different. I thought I meant plates. That's <laughs> it sounds like it. It sounds like the word plate in English. Yeah. And I'm saying that because actually uh, a relative of mine have been saying that during Christmas, mm. you know, like, um, I've been, I, you know, it's. Well, of course you know, but we we've given gi- lessons as gifts, right. right? And so, you know, the first things that I get for a sibling is like, oh, don't you have to have money in order to uh, afford this? And the question is like, it's where I put my value. Right. If education is a value of me, and I believe that will be a value of you. Yeah, I'm going to put this investment. I'm not going to waste money. I'm going to put the investment. I'm going to find uh, the means to invest in this lesson. Yeah. And so anyway, same sibling. Um, let's just say it. My mom. <laughs> because Whoa. that's how I grew up. You know, it's like, oh, ellos tienen plata. Ay. They have money. Hmm. You know, don't you need money? Or they have... It's all about they. It becomes so... We, we we create, just by the language that we're using here, we create right. such a huge gap yep. between your reality and then rich people's mm-hmm. reality. And uh, I believe it was N.T. Wright who made this point, too, that um, a heaven and hell kind of worldview, mm-hmm. uh, does, it does very, very well where the majority of a population uh, feels disenfranchised yeah. or poor. Yeah. Where, you know, like, then it's like, oh, well, I'm suffering now. But in the next life, in heaven, I'm going to be the one who has everything. And those greedy rich people are going to be suffering. <laughs> right? Wow. Or that's like, that's probably trivializing, like, the way most people would say it. But that overall sense that if you're rich, you must have, like, no morals or you must be willing to do anything for money. Greedy. You must be greedy. Mm-hmm. You must worship money. Mm-hmm. Um, I've heard people say, you know, I, lo- I know a lot of people that are rich, but they're miserable. Or, like, you know, like, they're not they're not happy, you know, because money can't buy it's happiness. quite the opposite. I yeah. want to say that the wealthiest <laughs> people I know are the happiest, yes. most generous yes. people I know. Yeah, because... <laughs> Personally, like I feel like and it just makes sense logically when you really deconstruct it. Uh, if you have a high net worth, uh, it's usually because you have contributed uh, to the world. You've added some type of value yeah. that you're benefiting from, yeah. you know, because you added that value. Yeah. The more value you create, typically the more success you have. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, I know there are always exceptions to the rule. I think, you know, like there are people who have money. Maybe they came into money that wasn't earned. Uh, that was kind of just given to them from somewhere else yeah. um, or, you know, for whatever reason. But those people tend not to hold on to that money, hold on to that success. Yeah. And also by making those statements, you, you're you categorizing people, right? You're like labeling people. Yeah. 
like all rich people are greedy. Yeah. <laughs> all poor people are lazy. That's not true. Yeah. But those are the things that you hear. And I think in in the kind of the world view that we're talking about here, I think there can be a almost like a uh, sanctification of poverty. Like poverty is somehow like um, more holy than having money. Mm. Like if you don't have money, um, you're somehow like better off than those that have money. Yes, and there's so many scriptures used for that yes. very same point. Yeah. So let's go back to this. So why, why should so for a scripture like this, I feel like I, I've I've heard it and I've, I've probably even preached it before myself in the past that wow, like you know this person had so much, mm-hmm. and Jesus was calling them to give some stuff up, like mm-hmm. you know like. Obviously, we're all not rich. Obviously, Jesus isn't calling us to sell everything. But what is Jesus calling you to give up? That would mm-hmm. be like the practical application. Mm-hmm. You would leave it there, hanging in the air. Think through your own life. What are things that you are holding on to? You know, it could be time. Maybe you're not con- contrib- uh, contributing enough um, to the church or society with your time. You're not being generous with your time. You're not being generous with your hospitality. Mm, You're not being generous um, with seeking and saving the lost. You're not out there in studies uh, trying to get people into the church. Um, What is it that you're holding on to that if Jesus was here today, he would tell you, you need to let go of this and come follow me. Yeah, it could right. be impurity too. Yeah, it could be Mm -hmm. impurity. It could be Mm -hmm. be whatever it is. Run run the gambit of things like of... The things you're holding on to, that if you came face to face with Jesus, what what he would tell you. Um, so that I feel like is a very you know practical use of the scriptures. Mm-hmm. It's a I don't mean practical necessarily as uh, useful. I mean I think there's a certain way of looking at things. It's like the call to action. You mean like yeah that we do in preaching. Yeah. What, what is that? You- you want to walk away with mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah preach explain illustrate and apply <laughs> that was the first way i was ever taught to do a communion contribution message or even like like a mini sermon say that again preach explain illustrate and apply you preach a scripture right you illustrate it like usually with something from your own life right Pre- wait preach explain illustrate sorry preach the scripture explain the scripture illustrate the scripture with some type of story maybe from your life or from some type of historical anecdote or story, and then you apply it. You apply it to everybody in the room, as well as applying it to yourself, and you're done. You've you know you've you've done kind of what we're going for, and that's the way we used to train each other to do messages and to do, uh, especially a communion and contribution, nice and tight, uh, to the point. Get in, get out. Leave them with something to do. Um. But, you know, there's I feel like there's another way of looking at these scriptures um, where we're trying not to use just find a thing to do. Right. We want to find out, is there a bigger story that this is all connected to? Um, I'm listening to a wonderful book right now by Christopher Wright. No relation to N.T. Wright. (laughs) Um, The author is actually reading it. Um, It's really cool. I forgot we had a bunch of credits left over from Audible and then I needed to get rid of them. So I had, I was like, oh, um, hmm, what's his funny. name? You didn't even tell me about that. I did, I did, because I was trying to get you to pick, but you couldn't <laughs> I'm pick. I'm just kidding, I'm just kidding. Um, but it's uh, one of Tim Mackey's recommended books. I don't know if he still has his webpage up where he used to like list some people. And um, it's it's just really, really good. And, you know, he made he makes the point in his book. I can't remember the, what the book 
His name is right now. Should I look it up? So the book is called The Mission of God's People by Christopher J.H. Wright. And I looked him up on uh, the Wikipedia on the internet. I was like, oh, cool. N.T. Wright has a brother I didn't know about. Nope, no relation. <laughs> I guess he gets You went on the line? I went on the line, you know, because everything <laughs> on the line is true. I read it on the internet. It must be true. <laughs> um, so, yeah. So it's, it's really good. And he makes the case that when we when we narrow in and we take little pieces of what Jesus said or little pieces of what Paul said and don't understand that these things really resonated with the Jews of the day because they understood their scriptures. Mm-hmm. Oh, they understood Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John? No, because that mm-hmm. wasn't written yet. Right. They understood the Old, Old Testament. Testament. And there's a missional component to the Old Testament. A what component? Missional. Like there's, there's an actual mission to the world mm. that God sent Israel for, mm-hmm. not like mission, like, you know, we're going to go build some yeah, homes yeah. in Africa or we're going to like, you know, do some arts and crafts with some poor people on Caribbean Island, like mission in terms of like, there's an actual uh, purpose goal of this. God is doing something mm-hmm. through his people and he called them to do something. So when Jesus comes mm-hmm. and Jesus comes onto the scene there's something that like where all the pieces kind of like fit together then there's a yes yes it makes sense and then the mission of god goes forward Mm -hmm. and that's what the new testament is about but the mission of god hasn't ended Mm -hmm. right and that's what the rest of the new testament is about looking forward projecting into the future jesus moving the tanakh forward yeah jesus moving the tanakh forward not stopping Mm -hmm. right but like how is now now that jesus had his turn What's the church's turn? What are, what are we doing? Right. How is Jesus' spirit through the church moving through the world, moving into the world, and um, is it doing what it needs to be doing? Is it is it what it's supposed to be? It's probably more accurate because uh, I think you know, even though it is kind of ingrained in my thinking, I want us all to eventually get away of of thinking of like, okay, I was doing this wrong. Great, now what do I do? Like mm-hmm. you know, like I think there's. There's a component to this mission that goes way beyond mm-hmm. doing or not doing something. <laughs> it's like it's being. You know, the movie we watched last night, Soul. Oh, yeah. On Netflix. <laughs> it's actually really good. At first we thought, I was like, oh, no, this is going to be about heaven and hell. Yep. And that H-E-double was probably, that was probably more Jimmy. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, I thought so, too. We, we both went in, um, what's the word? Uh, critical? Critical, yeah. No, no, I was going to say something um, uh, judgmental. Assu- uh, with a lot, of, a lot of assumptions. We went in with a lot of assumptions, and you know what assumption does. Uh, turns you know what out, it does, Patty. What does it do? <laughs> turns out that it's, well, um, spoiler alert, but not really. It turns out to be more about life, about yeah. the journey, about now. And a lot about your contribution to the world. So, can I say something? That is a movie to go see. I don't know. Can you? Uh, yeah. Blah 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 blah. <laughs> so, because I got excited, because not to give too much of it away, but there's a concept of spark. Like everyone needs to find their spark. Oh, I wonder where that concept came. Yeah. Right. And then people <laughs> were like, oh, spark. I get that. What I was born to do. Mm. And then one of the people who were in charge of helping people find their spark. Yes. Was like, oh, you humans, you always think your spark so is your career or what you do. So basic and kind of like walks away. Yeah. Because yeah. your spark is, is bigger. Yeah. Right? Your spark yeah. can actually 
encompass many disciplines yeah. and it can be many things. Yeah. And I think one of the tragedies of the culture we've kind of created for ourselves in America is that we tend to define ourselves by what we do. Yeah, like, it's like, what do you first... do? Oh, yeah. I'm a teacher yep. of this. In other countries, actually, it's what do you do? I'm a soccer player. I'm a surfer. Or I'm this. I'm yeah. an artist. Mm-hmm. I just I'm happen to be an accountant during a week. Exactly. You know? Yeah. But I'm an artist. I paint. Yeah. Um, you know, and even... That's a good question. Yeah. What would you say about you? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I think at the core of my being, and this is where most of my problems started as a youth, a young man with a head full of hair, right, was uh, bright-eyed, bushy-tailed, and lots of hair. Uh, bushy-tailed? Yeah, bushy-tailed. Like, yeah. Um, we need video. We, we totally, totally need video. Need video. I, look you're, at his face. Very, I was born for video. You are animated. People sure. need to see this. <laughs> he was actually wiggling his tail, guys. I, I was. I did a little, uh, oh, I'm wiggling my tail dance, but, you know, was truth. I think for me, my core has always been about truth. We need to know what's true, hmm. whether hmm. it hurts, whether it's inconvenient, whether uh, it's noble or ignoble. We need to know truth. We need to know what it, what, what it, what everything is for, you know. And that, in a sense, led me out of Christianity. It led me away from Catholicism because I found atheism to be more honest, hmm. like you know, looking at a set of facts. And then making the best thing out of those facts or coming to the best conclusion. I see you as an explorer. Yeah. And that is way more than truth in the Bible. That's more than truth in religion. It's who you are and who I fell in love with. You are... (laughs) He's actually blushing. I'm just kidding. Um, No, you... We hide. I miss that. We have not since pandemic. Well, you have. I have. You, you've gone to your solo hikes. But yep. yeah, that was our thing. You you show me, first of all, the hiking, it's literally walking. <laughs> that there's, there's, for the city girl, thought the hiking was climbing and it's not. And it's walking, it's exploring, it's going up in a mountain. Did you think you were going to uh, have a like trail. a pickaxe? Yeah. Like, yeah, I thought I was going to do... And ropes. All those crazy things. Oh my things. goodness. Now you walk and up a hill. That's, that's about it. Yeah, but that's what you are. You explore. You like to find new things. And this is why you read so many books. I yeah. mean, how many books do you read a month? Like four? It's insane. Um, yeah, when I'm having a busy week, busy month. Yeah, about just about Yeah, that. and yeah, I mean, that question, I did ponder on that question because yeah. as I was teaching my students, just really quick, and you're looking at me like, uh, you're getting off trail. A little bit, but that's okay. Okay, last thing. Last thing I wanted to point out. Is last like, thing. It, it's a really great question to ponder because I've been pondering on this question. Where else can you get an A besides your report card? And then I took it into where else can Patty get an A besides her business? And I know that my business is my spark. My business is what I do. I love everything what I do in communication and the videos. I'm working with clients. And then I was for the same thing that you asked. I don't want to be known as my career. Because my first answer was like, oh, I'm an entrepreneur. You know? And one of the things that I'm embracing more 
is uh, along the lines of producing. I'm a producer when it comes like to creating things. So I'll even go by creator, something along creator, producer, yeah. but something with videos and camera. So anyway, more to think about during this uh, weekend that we have left into 2021. Yep. So where else can you get an A besides your report card, a.k.a. your career? Ah, I think I get that. Where else can you get an A? Yeah, it was so deep to me, Jimmy, because mm. we're A type personalities. I mean, we cannot well, deny Maybe that. you. <laughs> oh, please. <laughs> if you think Jimmy's type A personality because you work with him or currently are working with him, <laughs> I'm more of an F type personality. No, no, no. What I mean, Faith. Think? Oh, my goodness. Get your head out of the gutter. <laughs> no, I didn't mean that at all. <laughs> But to make that question even more clear, where, how else can you excel besides what we believe to be important? Yep. So for students, it will be report cards. For adults, some adults will be families. Other adults can be career. But what about just the things that you do well? And yep. so that's, that's what it left me pondering, like... If you don't find Patty in the office, where do you find her? And I was like, whoa. I'm always in my office. <laughs> sure, I go whoa. on walks here and there, but then I come back here. This is my, this is my happy place, you know? Yeah, ending our series, ending our season, sorry. Of facing our responsibility. And I think we have a responsibility to take these scriptures more seriously. And if I'm going to leave you with anything in 2020, it's this. Always remember, the scriptures are for you. Not to you. They were not written to you. Yeah. And you need to understand that when you go in and you try and do things with it. Mm -hmm. Because you can very easily read this. And in today's society... You know, the rich are kind of uh, demonized, mm-hmm. you know, kind of seen as, unless you are rich, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, they're kind of seen as, you know, being evil or less than human, subpar, mm-hmm. morally defunct. And those who are poor, you know, or who don't have the means to do whatever they want with their money, uh, can't buy whatever they want whenever they want it, are seen as somehow morally better, uh, in a better position with God. And uh, you, ha- you have to ask yourself, am I missing something here? Mm-hmm. Where is it that I'm filling in the scriptures with my own society, with my own values? Mm-hmm. And where am I missing the point of the story? And I think we do that when we pull these stories out, especially some of these stories of Jesus and some of the words of Paul. Let's face it, most of the words of Paul. <laughs> and we forget that they're couched in this other grand thing that most of us don't know anything about let's talk about those things so here's the here's my first clue that i had of this scripture that i was missing something okay um in verse 25 when the disciples heard this they were greatly astonished and asked who then can be saved (laughs) and i was like wait a minute he's talking they're talking about them they're not rich you know like what are they talking about? So it confused me a little bit, you know? Um, and then when you kind of st- take a step back 
this is a story that's in all three of the Synoptic Gospels, right? Matthew, Mark, and John. Luke. Luke. Matthew, Mark, and Luke are the Synoptic. Wait. And John is what? John is his own thing. John is, so the Synoptic Gospels, it means like synonymous, you can think of it as. So it seems like they drew Mm -hmm. from some type of earlier source. Oh, okay, okay. Or they compared notes or they were aware of each other. Hmm. John is kind of like, does his own thing. Gotcha. You know? Yes, I have heard uh, N.T. Wright said that. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And again, you know, like we, we tend to want to harmonize these things because we think of them oh, as the cell phone right. footage or the camcorder footage of somebody who is documenting. The vlogging. Into someone who is vlogging mm-hmm. who's like, hi, guys. All right. I'm here of Jesus and you're not going to believe what just happened. There were only five fish people. Five fish. Sorry. Well, you really got in character. I did. We really need a video. I know. I, my character's name was Dustin. <laughs> For some reason. And he, like, wore sandals when you really shouldn't be wearing sandals. Like you? Yeah. With yeah. socks. But, like, he was, like... In the winter. Like, California me. <laughs> like, anyway. So, it's not that. Okay. Right? So, let, let's think about it. So, in Matthew... In Matthew and Mark, mm-hmm. right? Before this, in the same chapter, comes divorce and divorce. There's both Jesus talking about divorce... Really? Yep. Okay. There's both Jesus talking about little children. Mm, true. Jesus yes. blessing the children. Yes. And then it gets to the rich young ruler in both Gospels. And then in Matthew, it goes on to the disciples' reward, talking about what they're going to receive mm. because they've given up all this stuff. Sure. Right? And then in Mark, it goes on to Jesus uh, talking about his suffering, how he's going to suffer. And then it talks about someone receiving their sight, someone getting their vision mm. restored, mm-hmm. right? And in Luke, it starts with Jesus uh, giving a parable on prayer, right? It starts with uh, a comparison between a Pharisee and a tax collector. Um, it goes on to the rich young ruler, and then the same person from Mark also receives their sight. And if we go uh, to a few, a few more, um, if we go to the next chapter in Matthew, actually two people receive their sight. So there seems to be like some type of couching here between like divorce and um, someone receiving their sight or, you know, in Luke 18 prayer. Right. So what what does this mean? What does it mean? What does it mean? So let's think about it. So who could. Obviously, this isn't just the camcorder footage. Right. This this wasn't the goal of the Gospels. I think mm-hmm. we we've established that at this point. Mm-hmm. We could probably stop talking about that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this yes. this was that that wasn't the goal of the Gospel authors to record history. Mm-hmm. What was the goal of the Gospels? Yeah. Um, to talk about the kingdom. Yeah, they had some yeah. type of point. Yeah, they had an agenda. Right. You know, I had a writing teacher once. We totally didn't get along. <laughs> but one of the things he taught me was that all writing is manipulation. Yeah. Yeah. I'll you, say it's all communication. Yeah. But manipulation in the sense that it's designed to change your mind. Right. Not in an evil way. Right. Necessarily. Right. Sometimes it is. <laughs> you know, and I think I think some writing is used to, you know, change people's minds. It's a form of control. Mm-hmm. But all writing does this. Right. The Bible is no exception. Right. The Bible goes in with a certain theological 
point of view, even right. though they wouldn't have had the word theology at the time. Right. right? It has it has a it has something it's trying to say. Yeah. So let's think about it. So another clue that seems to be like very obnoxious on the face of it. Um, when he asks him, "What is what did he need to inherit eternal life?" Right. That was that was kind of weird for me. I was like, but I thought, why isn't he? He must be talking about heaven, right? I think we easily yes, go, when we hear like eternal life in the scripture, we always think yeah. heaven, but we've deconstructed that, Yeah, you know, and also in the series of facing a responsibility, heaven, no, um, the world to come, right? Actually eternal life, heaven coming down here, right? And us being with God here, that's the great expectation Yeah, and living, you know, in a sense forever. Um, so Jesus says, why do you call me good? Right? There's only one who is good. If you want to enter life, obey the commandments. Mm-hmm. Right? But then he asks a question, which some people find very obnoxious. Which ones? The man replied. man inquired. And this does sound obnoxious if you don't understand that there was a debate back in the day of which commands were more important than the others. Where do we find that? Um, you don't necessarily find that in the Bible. Hmm. But in, if you ever actually try to live out your life according to the Old Testament with just the Old Testament, it's very, very difficult because some of the laws seem to contradict themselves. Or in some situations, following one law or command uh, would make you disobey another. What's an example? So on the Sabbath, you're not supposed to work. Okay. And Jesus, this is one that Jesus brings up. Mm-hmm. But if an animal or someone you love falls into a hole, are you going to be like, throw up your hands and be like, I can't help you today. It's the Sabbath. I'll come back tomorrow. You come back tomorrow, that person could be dead. They might have a broken leg. They might be bleeding out, right? So you have to decide there what's more important, strictly obeying the Sabbath or helping someone in need. Mm -hmm. And, you know, most of the rabbis, I I believe, at the time would have said, no, 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 it's more more beneficial to, to help somebody in need than to follow the strict law of the command you can't do anything, mm-hmm. right? Or another uh, question that's often brought up by by a philosopher, I can't remember what the guy's name is, but he, he created the thought experiment. You know what a thought experiment is, right? No. It's when you run an experiment in your head okay. instead of actually doing the experiment. <laughs> Sometimes okay. it, can, it can lead to disastrous consequences, like Aristotle, great philosopher, terrible scientist, mm. because he did all of his experiments in his head. Mm. And then Galileo came and was like, uh-uh, son, and threw down the gauntlet like a thousand years later and like threw out most of Aristotle just because he did an experiment. Mm-hmm. Anyway, uh, he created a, uh, this philosopher, I can't remember, created a thought experiment where he's like, imagine you're in Nazi Germany. Okay. And there's a command, you know, you have to speak truthfully. You can't lie. Mm-hmm. And the Nazi Germans come knock on your door. You open up the door and they said, are there any Jews living with you? And you know if you say, yes, there are Jews living with me, they're going to take them and they're going to kill them. Right. Or you could lie and say, no, there's not. Mm-hmm. I, what's a Jew? I have no idea. <laughs> you know, no Jews here. <laughs> right? Uh, but then you'd be lying. So you'd be breaking that commandment of, you know, speaking truthfully. But you'd be fulfilling the commandment of, you know, taking care of your neighbor. Right. Which one's more important? Which one has more weight? Got it. This is an important question in Jewish society because their whole identity hinges 
upon following the law. Mm-hmm. Remember, this is post-exile, something that we're way not familiar w- with enough as Christians. You know, we don't understand our history. <laughs> we don't understand our history as a church. Mm-hmm. We don't see any connection to the 2,000 years of church history that's come before us. We just think somehow there was a true church in the first century, and boom, here I am. Ha-ha! You, you did know? an excellent job in the POV series. Hopefully, hopefully we did. <laughs> you know, I, I feel like we need to... That's another one, along with vulnerability, that I feel like we need to take and just go very, very slow. Yeah. Well, this with... is where the um, training that we want to offer to ministry yes. comes along. Yeah, that's a good point. That's a good point. So we forget about that. We forget about history. But this is an important question, especially if you're going to try and actually, you know, follow God's law. Mm-hmm. You know, how do you do the Passover, right? I believe the earliest form of Passover preparation has you roasting it. Mm-hmm. Right. But then uh, in Deuteronomy, Moses says, no, boil it. Mm-hmm. So in Chronicles, one of the best pa- Passovers that was ever performed, the scripture said they roasted and boiled it mm-hmm. because they were aware of this. How do you roast and boil something? You don't. You can't. Right. right? right. But they understood that, you know, to fo- this was a great king. He was obviously following the law. Mm-hmm. So he, he somehow did both. <laughs> You know, and English translators tend to dismiss that by saying, oh, no, 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 no. They're talking about different parts of the meal. Mm. But the Jews are very aware of this. Yeah, yeah, (laughs) I see that point that you're making. Yeah, it was in Chronicles, which was probably written last, Mm -hmm. looking back Mm -hmm. as a reflection of the history. And we put it right after first and second king. I'm sorry, first and second Samuel. Wait, we put it right after first and second kings. Yes, we put it right after first and second kings. And so we're like, why am I reading this again? You know, but no, it's actually supposed to be at the end because this is something that was written much, much later as a reflection back. So this is an important this is an important thing. You know, Jesus replied, do not murder, do not commit adultery, do not steal, do not give false testimony, honor your father and mother and love your neighbor as yourself. So the, this is like a condensed version of the Ten Commandments, focusing more on the way we interact with each other, not the ones that talk about us and God, right? Mm. And it's, you know, love your neighbor as yourself, also known as the golden second rule. Commandment. Yeah, the second greatest commandment. Very good. Yeah, perfect. Yeah. So he, he says, basically, he sums up the law mm-hmm. and the prophets for this guy. All these I have kept, the young man said, what do I still lack? Jesus answered, if you want to be perfect, go sell your possessions and give to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven. Then come follow me. This also confused me a lot too. Because I was like, I, I don't understand. I don't, I don't see this in the scriptures. Where, where is Jesus getting this from? This idea of selling everything. Mm. And then I started thinking. Divorce. I still don't see the link. What were the Jews of Jesus' day the most concerned with? Let's go back to temples. Let's go back to temple language. Let's oh. go back to heaven and earth. Okay. The purpose of the temple was for God's presence, presence to, dwell to dwell with man. Yeah. Right? It happened with Moses. Yeah. They couldn't get in. God's yeah. presence came and filled the temple. It happened with Solomon. When they went into exile and they came back, what didn't happen? God's spirit didn't return. 
the prophets see God's spirit going away, hmm. right, in a vision, but he never comes back. Did God divorce us? Hmm. He could have, you know, at the foot of Mount Sinai, that being a wedding ceremony, right, where everything went wrong, right, and then they spend that year together, right? I think a question floating in the air is, did God divorce us? What is the translation to the word divorce? Oh, I don't know. All I can think about is just marriage and... Yeah. I mean, it's the same thing. I was just wondering. Well, if you think about God choosing to marry his people. Mm -hmm. You know, God like a bridegroom. Mm -hmm. And he did choose Israel. He did choose Israel. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That is a lot like a marriage. So I think the divorce is not just there for to like pull it out now when somebody in our church is getting a divorce mm-hmm. or when someone's thinking about a divorce or someone's yeah. gone through a divorce. Yeah. I don't think I think there's a bigger narrative here. Mm-hmm. I think in a sense Jesus is kind of like going through the entire history. Mm-hmm. And the way it's kind of put in Mark, you know, Jesus kind of just it almost seems like he inserts it in there an explanation about his suffering. No, 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 no. They they were tracking with this. This all made sense. Like you know, like you said one time, the Bible being a unified story that leads to Jesus. Honey, do you mean the Bible project? I thought that was yours. Stop it. <laughs> Same thing with Jesus moving uh, its neck forward. That's all yep. Bible project. The Bible, they are our, our faves, right? They should sponsor us. They're my besties. <laughs> I know you have issues with me being besties with people that I don't know yet. No, it's just it's but just funny. There's something about podcasting because you know we know it's him, and it's like you're like, oh yeah. Timmy was telling me the other Wait, day. somebody right now that we don't know, it's calling us their besties. Wow. But that's the power of podcasting. Hey, best friends, reach out to us. We'll hang out. <laughs> so it begins with divorce. Okay. And I don't think the divorce is just thrown in there, you know. I know a lot of people are going to disagree. But I don't think things are just thrown in there and Jesus is teaching on various things. The authors of these gospels took these things out and they didn't change much. Right. Here. They changed a little bit. But, you know, the divorce is here. Yeah. Right. And I think comparing it to, you know, God's people is very similar. Let the little children come to me. If you think of Israel as the firstborn of many brothers, mm-hmm. who, who are the little children? The nations, the people, right? The Gentiles? The Gentiles. Yeah, maybe. Mm-hmm. Right. So here's the thing. Like, let them come to me. Mm-hmm. Right. And then you get to the rich young ruler and it's like Peter, in, in one of the versions, is shocked. And here the disciples were astonished, right? And then it, it suddenly clicked to me. Israel was blessed. Israel is rich. Israel has the prophets. Israel has the law. Israel has the stories, the tradition that was sent down. Israel was chosen by God. They were blessed. But what did they do with it? They refused to do the one thing that they were supposed to do. It wasn't supposed to be about them. Hmm. They were supposed to be a blessing to the world. Right. They weren't supposed to like, I don't think it was ever on the Jewish radar of we need to go out and make more Jews. All right, let's get some knives and and cut off some foreskin. Let's do this. Wow. (laughs) You know, I don't think that was ever like the intention, you know, like the way we're like, all right, let's go get our baptistry and our Bibles and let's do this, people. Right. That wasn't like, but what was there was the, 
the idea that they needed to be something different to show the world who God was, but they couldn't do it. So then Jesus is the only thing that makes sense. And I think we tend to think of the law as like God's plan A that didn't work. And then Mm. Jesus is God's plan B that did work. Mm. And that's not what it was. This is when we as Christians say that um, Judah, Judah, that's a boy I can't. Judas? No. Judaism. Judaism. The Judaism. Judaism. (laughs) Jew. Jew. D. D. Ism. Judaism. Judaism. Perfect. (laughs) I'm having a hard time pronouncing this. But what you what you just said reminded me, I don't know where I read it or if this is a podcast with this whole, you know, we were Jew and then became Christian. Right. That totally makes sense. There's no becoming, there's no leaving a religion to right. become another. Because the point wasn't to be for the world to become Jewish. Right. But for the world to come together and in all of its diversity... And all of its differenceness, but somehow yeah. more. So yeah. to be together and be stronger than they were. Like we're a human family, you mm-hmm. know, big human family. We're, we're meant to be together. Mm-hmm. If we're all like the father or we're all the mother or we're all the same, yeah. that's not a family. And uh, a lot of many Christian churches think that diversity is, well, he, she's Indian, he's Chinese, He's Latino. See, we're all different. We're diverse. Yes. In this one belief that makes us exactly what the Bible says. Where we have the same lingo yep. and we all think the same things. And yeah. if we don't think the same things, there's a problem. Yeah. No, no. Yeah. I'm, I'm starting to see that. Yeah. So to me, the Gospels are always written to not us, an audience that's very Jewish an audience that's coming out of this Pharisaic tradition, you know, this tradition of Israel that at some point lost the whole point of why they were supposed to be, why they were chosen, um, why they went through all these things, why, why they, God singled them out. You know, it wasn't just for them. The point wasn't Israel. It was the world. Mm-hmm. And then I think, you know, all three of these, um, the rich young ruler is kind of, it leads to someone receiving their sight. And I, I want to read one of them for us now, if that's okay with you. And then we'll close up. Uh, we're going to read the one in Mark, because that kind of parallels. It just kind of adds a thing about an explanation of Jesus' suffering. And then right after that, in Mark 10... Matthew, Mark. Very good. You're not at church. No one's looking at you. You're looking at me. I apologize. (laughs) Mark 10. All right. We have the same thing. Divorce. The little children in Jesus. The rich young man. Um, Jesus again predicts his death. The request of James and John. Blind Bartimaeus receives his sight. Then they came to Jericho. Right? Jericho. That should be... Whenever you see a place in the Bible, you should be thinking about, when was the last time I heard about Jericho? Something about the walls falling down, marching around the city, right? Yeah. 
as Jesus and his disciples together with a large crowd, together with a large crowd, think of Joshua marching around the city with the whole army, right? The whole people. We're leaving the city. A blind man, Bartimaeus, that is son of Timaeus, was sitting by the roadside begging. When he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to shout, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Many rebuked him and told him to be quiet, but he shouted all the more, Son of David, have mercy on me. Jesus stopped and said, Call him. So they called to the blind man, Cheer up, on your feet, he's calling you. Throwing his cloak aside, he jumped to his feet and came to Jesus. What do you want me to do for you? Jesus asked him. The blind man said, Rabbi, I want to see. Go, said Jesus, your faith has healed you. Immediately he received his sight and followed Jesus along the road. My proposition is that you cannot understand a scripture like the rich young ruler in isolation. Right. You need to understand it in its all of its glorious parts. Yeah. And I feel like there's a comparison here being made to the rich young man and to the blind man that I think we cannot afford to miss as Christians. Okay. Israel thought they knew the point. Which command is the most important? How do I inherit eternal life? What, what do I need to do? Mm-hmm. Do, do, do. Do, 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 do. Mm-hmm. Jesus told him and he went away sad. This blind man, aware of his own ignorance, aware of what he doesn't know, aware of what he can't see, begs Jesus for a sight and is completely broken by the fact that he can't see. That's the ideal place that Israel should have been. Help us. We, it's, been, it's been a millennia. We haven't gotten this. Help us. But its position was more of like the rich young ruler walking away sad. And I think for the church today, we have to see ourselves in these scriptures. I think we do way too much of taking the scriptures and seeing everyone else in it, seeing the things that people need to change, and not seeing ourselves. And when I say ourselves, I mean the church. We should look at us as part of a church, right? Where do you want to be? Do you want to be in a situation where you feel like you know what it is to inherit eternal life already and then kind of walk away sad when you see some things and the scriptures that don't jive necessarily with what you thought you knew? Or do you want to be like the blind man who gets his sight from Jesus, goes to Jesus for healing, understanding that some of the ways that you've seen the world maybe has hurt you, has hurt other people, has hurt the world, and what to do about it. Jericho, this is liberation language. This is God's spirit. This is like a second type of flood where God is recreating the world through his spirit, right? Same thing that's going to happen later on in the book of Acts. God's spirit's going to go out into the world. Jesus had God's spirit, right? We talked about before with heaven and earth, God's spirit descending on Jesus, filling him like he's a temple. Dwelling in him. Dwelling in him, right? So here's God's spirit going into the world. Um, and it's it's changing things. It's It's meant to change things. And I think speaking to the religious authority of the day, the way the scriptures always have, all the way back from the prophets and the Torah, right? It's, it's the same thing today. 
And I feel like that we're missing the point of the whole story when we take something like the rich young ruler and we pull it out and we make it about contribution. We make it about what what do you need to give up? What's going on? Where really I think those scriptures are speaking to the religious authority. How is we as a church, how are we showing up? You know, are we worried about all of the commands that we need to follow and what do we need to do? Because that's going to cause people to walk away sad. Even if you stay in that, that's going to cause you to walk away sad. Or are you going to come to Jesus like a blind man that at the end of this, just begging for your sight and getting that healing, getting your sight restored? And I think that begins and ends with taking Jesus seriously and taking the Bible seriously and not trivializing it by making it to be like a moral tale like Aesop's fables or like, you know, like a wise saying of what to do. So how do we go about that? That's uh, So if someone's listening to this, but their church, they're not, they're not, they don't make the final decisions in the direction that the church goes to. Yep. So what, what is the individual challenge? I think the individual challenge is to, one, speak up. You know, to have some of these conversations. And is two is to to let go of your doctrine or to hold your doctrine a little bit more loosely and hold on to the Bible a little bit more tightly. And where can we start in the Bible? I think it just it's coming to accept that you probably don't know everything that you think you know and that it's time to grow up. It's time to look at these things as they as they were intended and how do we do that where do we start where do we read page one start with page one i would like to suggest the bible project okay there are plenty of classes yeah that they have uh video series and the one video series that we've mentioned in the past is how to read the bible series and um We've suggested the video, and I want to say that the video is not as impactful as the podcast because you really get to see John, who's a co-host, not the scholar, not the Bible nerd. He is... He, he's a Bible he's, nerd. He's a Bible nerd, but he likes to call Timmy the Bible nerd. Mm-hmm. But you see john relating to our background and so if you are from icoc or you come from a very evangel how do you say it evangelical <laughs> evangelical or stone campbell church, or stone campbell it is beneficial to see the tim deconstruct the bible the way jimmy's been helping in this podcast and um, Jimmy also is going to start a few classes. So in the meantime, if you're listening to now, fall 2020, we will say start with the Bible Projects, how to read the Bible podcast series that will walk you through. You'll see the paradigm shift in John as Tim goes through on how to read the Bible in yep. the sense that we're saying with taking responsibility. And uh, if you are listening to this podcast after in 2021, uh, Jimmy should have, oh, there should be a link to this podcast.
podcast to his class and most likely it's going to start on the book of Jonah as you mentioned either the book of Jonah or heaven on earth yeah. series we'll see stay tuned stay tuned and as always adios muchachas and muy tacos muchachos thank you see you next year see you next year